Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beambout, and today we are going to be talking about what you should be passing on to your clients. It's just me today. This episode will probably be kind of quick, uh, so let's get after it. Now, what am I talking about? So, I've seen a really common theme in some groups that we're in where people are asking, you know, how are folks paying for stuff in general? What do I mean? The last thing that we happened to see was actually a post about the cost of Musicbed. Now, full disclosure, we are ambassadors of Musicbed. Like this, this has nothing to do with that. This just, you know, triggered this episode because I was looking at it and I want to talk to everybody about passing costs on. So putting the Musicbed thing aside, I'm going to use that as the example, but you know, don't think that this is a, a, a sales pitch or anything like that. Like I just, this is actually a really good example. Now the person was asking how they could justify the cost of music bed being 700 to a thousand dollars a year. And for us personally, the cost of a service, if it's worth it is irrelevant. The reason why is you can justify it by any number of means because you're not paying for it. So what did we do or how did we go about not paying quote unquote for stuff? We sat down at the very beginning and we kind of started formulating our costs. So Britt and I, we sat down and we put a lot of thought into how much we should charge per hour for shooting a wedding and editing a wedding. So those are, those are two costs right off the bat. So how much are we charging per hour to shoot and how much are we charging per hour to edit? And that gave us X, right? That, that gave us an amount. Well, what happens if we break a piece of equipment? Like what, what happens if I drop an ND filter or, uh, I don't know, I lose something that's, you know, not horribly expensive, but I, I lose like a a lens cap or something like that. Well, that cost should be added as well. So we started a baseline of a hundred bucks. So a hundred bucks is what we added to our, our little table for ancillary equipment expenses. If something were to break now, obviously the hope is that nothing breaks and we don't lose anything. And then if something, you know, catastrophic happens, say 10 months into the year, well, we've kind of amassed a little grip of money to pay for it. You know, a really good example is on Brit's first wedding that she shot, she was using our monopod and she didn't lock the, uh, third leg. So as soon as she set it down, the leg just folded back up like it should have. And the camera lens, everything just smashed down on the ground. So luckily, um, the way that it hit, it broke the, we actually, I couldn't find the lens cap for the life of me in the room. Like the lens cap just was taken by Davy Jones or something. But, uh, you know, we had a little cost in there to replace it. Now, mind you, you know, she kept using the camera, kept using the lens, like there, nothing happened like that. Um, but we lost our lens cap, but did we pay out of pocket for that lens cap? No, because we had that cost kind of built into it. So what's next? What if we rented equipment? So back then, including today, like we will still rent gear if we need it. 
Uh, you know, there's there's kind of a shortage on FX3s. I just looked at B&H, and they're not available until June, it looks like. So we'll more than likely be renting an FX3 right now as we're in limbo to buy another one. So it's really simple. I went to borrow lenses. I plugged in how long, how much it, you know, I, I did three days. So we received the equipment, you know, get the camera on Friday, return it Monday. Um, and then I just looked at how much that would cost. And then I built that cost in. So just keep the math simple. Let's say that that's 200 bucks. So hundred bucks, if you're breaking some equipment, $200 to get reimbursed for the rental fee. Let's look at licensing music. Now, like I said, we use Musicbed, um, and we have for years. And back then, we looked at the cost of Musicbed, and then we said, you know what? Let's add $100 per couple uh, per wedding for music licensing. So right there, 100 bucks. Now let's look at travel. Let's say you got some travel coming up. For us, if a wedding is outside of 120 miles like two hours or so, uh, we add a travel fee. So as it stands, if it's say 130 miles or 200 miles or something, something that we can drive realistically within a day, we'll typically add 500 bucks to that. And you're probably like, why are you adding 500 bucks? Well, one, we're giving ourselves per diem for how much drive time we got. And two, we also have to pay a babysitter, which that'll be next. But so we have to add an extra amount of money for the babysitter. If we're doing like quasi-local travel, so most of you that have listened to the podcast, you guys know that we're in Massachusetts. Uh, If we're traveling to like, say, five hours north into deep into Vermont or New Hampshire or up into Maine, and we're going to need to stay for the night or maybe two nights, you know, because if it's a five-hour drive, I'm not trying to make that drive the morning of the wedding. Um, We'll typically add a thousand bucks to that, and we call that local travel. And then out-of-state travel, um, like say we're going to New York or you know California, something like that. We'll typically add like twenty five hundred bucks because we're gonna. It's gonna take you know flights, uh, moving equipment. Like there's there's a lot of things that are gonna go into that. So that those are kind of our travel costs. So there's that. Let's say you're shooting with a second shooter. Well, you got to pay them, right? And I consider Brittany my second shooter. So I pay Brit through a 1099. And let's just say that it's a flat rate of 400 bucks for the day. Just keeping it simple. And actually, let's change that. Let's change that to like 300 bucks a day since we're just starting out. So let's say you have kids like us. How much is it going to cost to have a babysitter probably at your house for 10 hours. So you got an hour to drive to the wedding, eight hours for the wedding, and then an hour to drive home. So for us, we add kind of a blanket $250 per wedding for a babysitter. So do you kind of see where we're going with this? Like we just sat down and systematically went through anything that we had that would be a cost to us whether it's per diem, uh, babysitters, you know, miscellaneous equipment costs, equipment rentals, 
I mean, anything that you can think of that you're going to have to pay, you need to build that into your price. So where does that leave us? Let's just say that you're shooting alone. You don't have any kids and you're renting a second camera. So you have one camera, you're renting a second camera. Now using those numbers that we had just talked about with those generic costs, you would need to charge at least $400 to break even on your ancillary costs. That's renting the equipment, something in the equipment breaking, you know, that kind of stuff, your music licensing, like you, so your, your base rate is already 400 bucks, but that does not include your hourly rate for editing or shooting. That's just your ancillary costs. So let's just keep the math simple. Let's say that you charge $400 a day to shoot. So 400 bucks flat rate is $50 an hour for an eight hour day. That's not outlandish, especially if you're the one shooting. You know what I mean? Like that's not like this crazy number. And let's say that you charge $35 an hour to edit and it takes you 10 hours to edit a wedding film. So that's 350 bucks. Now, again, these rates aren't unreasonable. There's nothing crazy about anything that I'm saying right here. Okay. This isn't fancy. This isn't anything wild or anything like that. So what's your final cost? You have $400 in an ancillary expense. You got $400 for shooting, you know, the day of the wedding. You got $350 for editing. That's 1150 bucks. And where I come from, we round up. So personally, I would be charging $1,195. That would be the price for your wedding film. That means that you are not paying anything out of pocket for anything that you did. You're not paying anything extra for music licensing. You're not paying anything extra um, for any equipment expenses and that kind of stuff. And to be honest with you, I would probably take that, that the additional like 45 bucks and probably dump that into a profit category to where every wedding you're making 45 bucks worth of profit. Doesn't sound like much, but at the end of the year, it's 600 bucks. So, you know, it's not crazy, but it's also not nothing either because you got paid your hourly rate. You paid for all of your stuff and you had a little money left over profit. And that's only at $1,195. So that's not like this crazy, crazy amount. Like I don't, I personally don't think anybody should be charging less than that. Now that I'm looking at it, um, you know, even if you weren't renting a camera, I probably like 1195 for a wedding film is crazy reasonable. Like you would probably be booked every damn day that you wanted to be booked at that price. Just to be honest with you. Um, so you, you need to look at what costs that you have and you need to factor those into the cost of your wedding films. Now, you know, I mean, you can look at any business whatsoever. 
doesn't matter if it's Target, if it's Goldman Sachs, you can look at any business and I guarantee you they are not absorbing costs out of their profit for whatever service it is that they are providing. They are definitely passing that on to the client who's paying them. So how much should you be paying out of pocket for anything? And the answer is zero. You should never have to pay anything out of pocket. Like that's just, that's not going to be good for your business. Imagine that you charged a thousand dollars. So you charge $995 for your wedding films for everything that we just talked about. That means that your hourly rate just shifted. You've lost that $45 worth of profit and your, like your day rate just went down. And the only reason why it went down is because you're not charging the right amount of money. So you're digging into your own revenue when you do that. And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. The same can be said if you're already established. You know, using these blanket numbers here, you know, just to get to $1,195 and that kind of stuff. Like even if you're charging $3,000 a wedding, $5,000 a wedding, or $7,000 a wedding, you still should not be absorbing any cost. That's just how business works. It's nothing, you know, against any couples. It's nothing against you know, friends or family or planners or anything like that. Like that's just a, it's just a very simple way of doing business. Like it's, it's just good business. And if you're having conversations with yourself, like, Oh, you know, I want to, I want to sign up for music, but, but it's going to cost me, you know, I, I think the, the wedding subscriptions just over 700 bucks, call it 750. Um, you're like, how, how am I going to justify that expense? Well, if you think that that expense is worth it to your business, then you need to increase the price of your weddings to offset that expense. So if you know that you're going to shoot 10 weddings in a year and you know that it costs $750, then you should be raising your price by $75 a wedding. Like that's just kind of how this works. And the same goes for anything. If you're renting any equipment for a wedding, you need to be passing on that rental. You know, like I said, with the babysitting, like we have a babysitting charge built in there. And then what you're going to start to notice is once you get these like base rates down and that kind of stuff and say it was 1195, then after five, six bookings, maybe try adding 300 bucks to it, go up to 1495, see where it's at then. 
because you know that everything that you needed to get paid for is paid for. Like those costs are being passed on. So now as you start to increase your prices, you'll give you wiggle room to do stuff. You know, and again, we did that whole episode about like not, you know, using your cameras and that kind of stuff to the best of your potential and, or the best of, you know, the camera's potential and trying to use all your equipment and that kind of stuff. And that's where, like, you start to see a lot of these pitfalls come in to where people, you know, they're charging, say, 1200 bucks for a wedding and they're like, oh, I want to buy, you know, a $10,000 camera. Well, at the rate that you're charging like that, it doesn't justify using a camera like that. That, that, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, if you're in the luxury market and you're making thousands of dollars of wedding film and you can justify that, then sure, be my guest. But if, you know, I, I don't want, I think people need to focus on A, paying themselves appropriately, B, getting reimbursed for everything that they are paying for in order to produce the wedding. And then C, having a little bit of profit margin on the back end, just so you can you can see a profit being made. Because remember, that profit is in addition to what you're getting paid for your hourly rate. And I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but um, something that David Renosa kind of beat into me was having multiple checking accounts. Well, so technically we have one business checking account and we have three business savings accounts. One of those is a profit account. So that $45 that you're making, you know, every wedding, we would move at the end of the month, we shift all of our funds. Um, I, I can't remember. I, I have a, a fancy title for it and to do is I just can't think of what it is. Like that's the end of month savings account dispersal or something, something stupid. Um, but you know, if you shot five weddings, right? So five times 45, whatever that comes out to, don't ask me what that comes out to, horrible at mouth. Um, whatever that comes out to would get moved into our profit account. So it's taken out of the checking account. We don't see it anymore and it just goes into the profits. And at the end of the year, we go into our profits and, you know, we'll pull out that money and then we'll do something with it. You know, maybe, I mean, literally last year we, we withdrew the money out of our profit account and that's what we use to help pay for our uh, trip to Disney in August of this year. That's not a joke. Like I, I withdrew, we keep for us 5% is the, is the right number for us. So 5% is profit. So whatever we make in a month, I take 5% of that and then I dump it into my profit account. And then at the end of the year, I pull it out and I use that money to pay for other stuff, something fun like a vacation. And that's kind of how you should be looking at that. But you can't get to that point if you are not passing on costs to your client. You'll never make a profit if you're digging into your hourly rate in order to pay for something like music bed. Like that just doesn't, that's such a foreign concept to me. And I listen to a lot of people who seem to struggle with, hey, like you, you know what I mean? Like you, you need to be adding this to your cost. Like whatever your package is, if you're spending $200 to rent a camera and you know, you need 75 bucks per wedding to pay for say music bed, well then you need to raise your price by $275 
because that that needs to be passed on. I'm trying to think of what the actual uh I think it's called like a pass through expense, but yeah, you never want to be in a position to where you're you're digging into your own revenue to pay for something. Now mind you, I know that things come up and you know, there could be something, there could be a one-off here and there, but I would highly, highly encourage you to sit down, go through every one of your expenditures for a wedding, you know, just open up an Excel sheet. If you don't have Excel, go into Google, uh, it's not Google docs, but Google sheets, go into Google sheets and just make a very rudimentary, uh, spreadsheet with just you know, here's the name of the cost. Here's how much it is. And then at the very bottom, just do auto auto sum. And it'll tell you exactly how much it is per wedding. And you might be shocked at how much you're paying out of pocket and what you should raise your rates by. And I'm telling you right now, if somebody's got 1195, they got 1495. Like that's, that's how you should look at it. Like if you're if right now, if you're charging a thousand dollars a wedding, and you're not factoring in ancillary costs for, you know, say music licensing or equipment rentals or, you know, fees for anything. Um, you, you'd be, you know, going from a thousand to 1500 because you're trying to recoup money that you're spending. You're not going to see a big slump whatsoever. You know, the, uh, the three K and under market is pretty saturated. And not with us. I'm just saying with brides, like you, you should be able to book, book those weddings all day like that. Um, and then, you know, and even if you are charging $10,000 a wedding, like these costs should still be factored into that stuff. Like you should still have, you should still have an understanding of, Hey, I'm spending X out of this $10,000. Like I know that I am spending, you know, $2,600 per wedding to go towards say an editor, um, music licensing, uh, paying my seconds, paying my third. Like I, I, you should have a, a complete breakdown, especially if you're, if you're in the, the five digit club or is that six digits? No, it's five digit. If you're in the five digit club, you should, you should really have a solid understanding of like what money is going out and what money is coming in. And then, you know, those numbers just need to make sense to you. Like I know where our stuff is at because we, you know, I'll give you a good example is we've been booking more and more weddings on Martha's Vineyard. And what we found is after the first like one or two is we realized that going to the vineyard is like going out of state. Like it's, it's an adventure to say the least. So, you know, we had to start adding those costs to it because we learned through pain. We, we learned by shelling out all this money and being like, damn, I made like 500 bucks off this wedding once everything came down to it. So it's, uh, it's just important that you're, that you're passing these costs on to the client and that's for corporate work too. Like you, you shouldn't be absorbing any costs, you know, the same exact concept applies whether you're doing it for corporate weddings, that kind of stuff. Like you got to have that, that mindset that, you know, your revenue and your profit or your revenue and your profit. Okay. All right. So there's my rant. Rant is over. Uh, 
What was I going to say? You know, obviously, if you make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, make sure, obviously, you're listening to the podcast. So I shouldn't have to remind you to follow it. Uh, don't forget to join our, fi- our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. I really hope everybody is staying safe and healthy. And we will see everybody next week. And I can't wait to see what rant I have next. All right. Out. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.